Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Is that really what marriage is like right there in that video? Oh my gosh. Um, well, hey, if you haven't met me yet, if you don't know who I am, my name is Bailey, and I get to be the young adults pastor here at SCC. Um, so man, thank you so much for joining us here in the room. Um, if you're online joining us, thank you for joining us there as well. Uh, man, I've lived in Steamboat for about the past eight months or so, and it's been a blast. I've loved living here. Um, anytime someone gives me a call from back home, any of my family or friends, I tell them two things. I say, it's really simple. I have the dream job and I live in the dream place. And Steamboat, it really is a dream. Um, I loved being able to go up on the mountain and learn how to ski. Um, got to experience a summer as well with the hiking and things like that. Um, also got to tube as well uh, in the river and experience that, and that was really awesome. Um, so yeah, Steamboat is great. And then here at SEC, man, I've loved my time here. I love the people here. This place has become home to me. The people here in this uh, church have become family to me. Um, so man, Thank you for having me here. Um, I get to lead young adults every Thursday, and we have a blast. There's a lot of young adults here, and uh, man, we're just building something really amazing with the young adult community. Um, we're having fun. We're getting to grow in our faith, and uh, man, it's just a great time. So we're going to jump into this new series over the next two weeks. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the gift of singleness, and then next week, we're going to be talking about relationships, and, and we're calling this series solo. And so I want to start off by, by telling you guys a little story about me and my brother uh, when we were growing up. So we, we really loved the summers, my brother and I, um, growing up in middle school and high school because my parents, they would go away to work, right? And so that means we get to sleep in. We didn't have them waking us up to do chores or anything like that. And so we would sleep in. Parents would be gone. We'd wake up and we'd go hit up the cabinets and we and we'd eat. We'd eat some breakfast. And, and when we ate, we ate like five, six bowls of cereal. We ate a lot of cereal. We went through some cereal. Um, and then we would go outside. We'd, we'd explore um, the woods behind my parents' house. We'd come back in. We'd play some video games. And then we'd hit up the cupboards again. We'd eat some more food, have some pizza pockets um, or some hot pockets, pizza rolls, and things like that. And halfway through the week, my parents are just like, how much food are you guys eating throughout the week? Like we're already having to go grocery shopping again, you know? Um, so my brother and I, we loved the summers um, when our parents were gone. And then when uh, we graduated high school and we moved out, um, my brother and I, when we'd come back for holidays and things like that, we kind of went into the same old habits. We would always go to the cupboards as soon as we got home and we were hitting up the cereal. We were going for the cereal and milk. And so I remember there was this one time um, when we, are, we were both pouring ourselves a bowl of cereal and I go in the refrigerator, I grab the milk and um, I start to pour the milk, but I noticed the, there's an expiration date on the milk. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. It's expired. The milk is expired. We can't have any more cereal. And my brother is like, dude, it's only like three or four days expired. Just, just go for it. And I'm like, all right, I'll go for it. And so I pour the milk and I eat the cereal. And I'm like, I, how many of you know that was some bad advice from my brother to tell me to eat that sour milk? Um, and, and so there's some other bad advice out there that, that's circulating around the church, around the world. And, and that's that life starts when you get married. And so that's something that's going around. Maybe you've heard it before like this. Live your life and do what you want. 
Um, we oftentimes, we go to college, and, and you've heard it before, it's a little outdated, but you've heard YOLO before, you only live once, right? But people still live that way, you only live once. And so live your life how you want to do it and experience life how you want to experience life before you get married and before life starts. And can I pose a question to you this morning? We have a, we have a divorce problem in America but can I, can I pose that maybe it might be a singleness problem? Maybe, maybe we aren't thinking that, that, man, singleness is a gift and, and we can focus on ourselves. And, and this is a, a time and a place where we can follow God. And, and so, so the truth is life doesn't start when you get married. Life starts when you begin to follow Jesus. And so if you're in the room, if you're single, if you're divorced, if you're widowed or married, there's always going to be an opportunity for you to follow Jesus. But the thing with singleness, just like the milk that had an expiration date, um, it's going to expire. Being single is going to come to an end. And so I couldn't believe it when I began to pour the milk. I saw an expiration date on it. I was like, man, they just let the milk go to waste. And some of you in the room, I don't want you to look um, back at this gift that you have and be like, man, I, I wasted it. I don't want to look back um, at this gift for me and, and say one day, man, I wasted this gift. Um, there's some married people in the room. I hope I haven't lost you yet. And um, I think this, mar- this, uh, th- this message is for you as well. Um, man, there, maybe you have kids, maybe you have grandkids, and I think the, the principles that, that we're going to learn from this message today, um, straight out of the Bible, I, I think we can teach these to our kids so that one day when, when they graduate college and they're out on their own and, and they aren't married yet and they don't have a family, but, but they're by themselves, they can know that they have a purpose. Um, there's people in this church that are divorced and widowed. I, I know about 60 to 70 single 20 to 30 year olds and there's there's a way that you can step in you can mentor people you can have people over for dinner there's the options are limitless for married people in the room to step in um, and help single people um, I, I was reminded of the book of Acts when I was um, making this message in the book of Acts when the church first starts people are stepping in and, and they're helping each other and they're meeting each other's needs um, they're meeting each other's needs, and it says that no one was lacking anything. And it's talking more about physical needs, meeting physical needs, but I think the principle of that can apply to the church today. We can step in and meet people's needs. And if you didn't know, if you're like, man, I don't, I, I don't know, is there even a lot of single people out there? Well, there is. Um, so at SEC, there's actually more than people that go to this, more than half the people that go to this church are single. And I did a little research, and in the United States today, over the age of 18, more than half the people in the U.S. are single. And so, man, there is a ton of people um, around us that are single. Um, Now, if you have, if you're in the room and you're like, man, I'm single, I've been single, and I have, really don't have any desire to be um, married going forward. I'm kind of living life, and I'm happy where I'm at, um, well, I want to pose a question to you. Have you ever thought about singleness as a gift? 
Have you ever thought about singleness as, as a gift? And have you ever thought, uh, um, given any thought to strategically using it in a way to honor God and his kingdom? And, and so God is going to tell us today through his word that singleness is a gift that everyone has at some point, but not everyone uses it. And I hope that changes today. And if you're single, I hope you belong to a church. I hope um, you belong to our church. I hope you're in community there, and I hope you're serving there. And I want you to know that you're a part of the most powerful engine the world has ever seen. And you have access to jump into this church. You have access to jump into a church. And let me tell you what I mean. We're just going to look at SEC, Steamboat Christian Center, in the past six or eight months, what this engine has been doing and the difference it's been making in this world. Um, So together, we've raised money to drill wells in Africa so people will stop dying of unclean water. Together, we've raised money to start a school so we can better teach children to love God and love people. Together, we've we've sent supplies to war-torn Ukraine and people who have lost everything. Together, we've rebranded a youth ministry so that middle schoolers and high schoolers can better follow God. Together, we've relaunched new small groups to grow in our faith. And together, we've served our community so we can take pride in and enjoy our town by putting on a hot dog eating contest for the 4th of July and a Halloween costume contest for Halloween. Um, So the Capital C Church, man, we are moving. And SCC, we are moving. And so my question for you is if you're single in the room, man, will you join this movement? When I think of singles um, over the past decade in the church that that I've um, been in church and, and been involved, man, I've I've, I've met people who have begun to follow Jesus for the first time, and I'd be, uh, I've met people who have found purpose um, to follow God and honor Him. And, and so, a little bit about myself. Um, man, so I am single. I've been single for about nine years, and um, thank God that I realized this was a gift in college. Someone, someone told me about this, that, hey, your singleness this, this time is a gift. And so I began to, to realize that, and I began to jump into the church. I remember when I first started serving on Wednesday, Wednesday nights um, in a youth group, and I couldn't get enough of it, and I was like, man, I want to serve on Sundays on the host team as well. And then I met these two guys, and they invited me to a small group to grow in um, our faith. And then I started tithing, and then I met one of my best friends, and he was like, hey, do you want to meet up and read the Bible um, at a coffee shop? And so we did that for a year. Um, and it was awesome, and I, and I quickly realized, man, my, my singleness is a gift. I have more time to jump in and serve and be a part of what's going on in this church. And so I have a few disclaimers before we get into Scripture. Um, the first one is this. The first one is, is the church has elevated marriage. We talk about marriage so much over and over and over that we for maybe forget that, that singleness is a gift. Or maybe some of you in this room don't know that, that singleness is a, is a gift. You've never heard that. You don't know that, that the Bible says that. Um, but cl- Scripture clearly says that it is a good thing. Um, disclaimer number two, I am 
single. So like I said before, I've been single for nine years, but man, this is something that I haven't mastered. I'm still walking on this journey, um, and, and I'm still trying to follow Jesus. Disclaimer number three is most of you assume that you will get married. Maybe your parents prayed for your spouse or your entire life you've seen um, Disney movies and love stories and all these different things and everything in your entire life has sat in anticipation of you getting married. And what that means is that the world hasn't prepared us for singleness. When we're single, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to use it and we don't even know that it's a gift. And we've forgotten that the scriptures talk about this category of singleness. And so again, life doesn't start when we get married. Life starts when we start following Jesus. And so let me give you a little bit of context. So we're gonna read out of 1 Corinthians 7 today and I'm gonna give you a little backstory leading up to this chapter. So, so Paul writes this letter from the city of Ephesus. Um, to the city of Corinth, and it's in about 55 AD. Now Nero, he is the emperor at this time, and he is persecuting Christians. He's turning up the heat on Christian persecution. Man, he is making it a sport. And so Paul, he anticipates this, and he writes this letter, um, 1 Corinthians, to the church of Corinth. And now another thing, um, big thing is going on um, is that in the city of Corinth, there's this temple, temple of Aphrodites. And, and the way that you would worship the goddess of Aphrodites is you would go to this temple and you would have sex with your pick of over a thousand prostitutes. And so you were going to church and having sex with, with prostitutes. And Corinth, um, it was a big city at this time. It was really booming. It was a port city. So there were sailors coming in. Um, there was tourists that were coming in as well. And a big part of why people were coming in was because of this temple, temple of Aphrodite's. And so Paul is riding into this culture that's very sexually charged. And, and Christians have overcorrected something because everything that they're seeing. And so we're going to pick up here at chapter 7, verse 1. So they, they've seen what's going on, the people in Corinth, and they write to Paul thinking that sex with anyone is bad. So they're overcorrecting it. In verse 1, he says this, now for the matters you wrote about, so he's about to quote what they wrote to him and write back to them. Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. And so Paul, Paul writes back in response to their letter and he says, you should still experience sexual intimacy, but with your own spouse and according to God's design. In verse seven, we're gonna skip forward. He says, I wish that all of you were as I am. And, and so what is Paul saying here? Paul's saying, Hey, we know that Paul is single, and he's saying, hey, I wish you were single like me. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, and another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widowed, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And so what the Holy Spirit just did is, is call Paul... Paul's singleness a gift, and singleness, generally speaking, a gift. 
And so we're going to continue reading in this passage, and we're going to pull away three things that that I've kind of noticed about singleness that Paul is saying. And the first one is this. Um, Point number one, your singleness is a gift. Your singleness is a gift from God. And some of you are like, well, what kind of gift is this? Is this something that has a receipt? Like, can I take it back? Can I exchange it? Because I don't know if I want this. Um, But the truth is, man, when we look at it like that, when we want to give it back, we look at it more like a curse rather than a gift. And so, so the essence of seeing something as a God-given gift is to use that gift and understand it. Um, I remember years ago, my parents, they got me this Christmas gift, and it was a sound bar um, for like a TV, you know? And um, I was like, what in the world is this? I didn't ask for a sound bar, you know? Um, but a couple weeks in, I started using it, and I hooked it up to my TV, and when I had people over, I would like Bluetooth and play music and things like that. Um, and it made the sound quality on my TV much better. And so I was like, man, this is so awesome. Like, I love this sound bar. Um, and then I actually just threw the sound bar away not too long ago because I had it for so many years, and it was kind of not working anymore. Um, but I remember there's, there's this time a few months in where I texted my parents, and I was like, man, thank you for the sound bar. I, I love this thing. I didn't know that I needed it. I didn't know that I wanted it. And so the essence of me showing my gratitude um, for the gift is that I utilized it. I utilized the gift according to its purpose. It was something useful. And so some of you right about now, you're, you're like, well, how do I know if I have the gift of singleness? Um, and let me tell you how you know how you have the gift of singleness. Um, you, if you answer this one question, yes, then you know you have this gift of singleness. Did you wake up single? Did you wake up single? If you answered yes, then you have the gift of singleness. And again, some of you are like, man, is it, is it temporary? Is it permanent? Am I going to be single for the rest of my life? And the answer is, is I, don't, I don't know. God doesn't usually reveal his five-year plan to us. And the reality is, it doesn't really matter because today you are single. And today you have that gift. How did you use it today? And so when you think gift, don't think gift like in this cute white box. It's got a big red bow. Think like superpower or talent. I think maybe that's how Paul um, thought of it as. He was like, man, I have this talent. I have this superpower. Um, kind of like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Um, but Paul couldn't fly. He, he had this gift of singleness, this superpower of singleness. I saw this, this quote, and they said it like this. I really like this. They said, Paul has a gift of being freed up to do something bigger than himself that he couldn't do if he was hindered in a different way. He makes it clear that marriage is a gift and singleness is a gift, but his preferred gift is singleness, even though he realizes that means celibacy. And so back to what Paul um, said in verse 9, He says, it is better to marry than to burn with passion. He's saying if they cannot control themselves, then they should marry. And what he doesn't say, he doesn't say if they cannot control themselves, then they should play marry. If they cannot control themselves, they should look at pornography. If they cannot control themselves, they should move in together. That's not what he says. He puts two categories here. 
He's saying there's this amazing gift of singleness and it should be used with celibacy. And if you can't handle that, maybe you should look towards marriage. But if you look towards marriage, don't forsake the gift of singleness. Don't forsake that this is a gift. And so why would Paul prefer the gift of singleness? Well, it's because Paul was ministry-minded, and, and, and Paul was thinking about more than, than just this world and just what's going on here. He was, he was thinking about heaven. He said, I wish you were like me. He was talking about his singleness, but he was also talking about what he was, what he was doing and what he was able to do. What was Paul doing in this time? Man, he was, he was going from city to city, and he was planting churches. He was telling people about Jesus, and he's writing letters. He leaves the church, and he's writing letters back to church, encouraging them, giving them advice, and things like that. And, and in this journey, the whole time that he's doing that, um, he's mentoring someone, and he's letting people mentor him as well. And, and so that's why Paul says, I wish you were like me. We're going to go to verse 28. It says, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you of this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. And those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use things of this world as if it not engrossed in them. For this world and its present form is passing away. And so what in the world is Paul saying here? That was kind of a mouthful there, but I think we can, I think we can look at a sentence from the beginning and a sentence from the end to, to sum up what Paul is saying. Toward, towards the beginning, he says this. He says, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that time is short. So Paul is saying, man, time is short. And towards the end, he says, for this world in its present form is passing away. And so this world is passing away. It's fast. This world compared to eternity is, is just a glimpse. It's just a commercial. And so my second point is this, is use the gift of singleness for more than this life. I think we've all seen the narrative of Superman and Wonder Woman. They come from another world. They come down to earth, and they're on this mission. They're fighting evil for the betterment of humanity. And I think that's really cool because I think that kind of sounds like us. We're on this mission um, from heaven above. We're fighting evil and for the betterment of humanity, and we want to tell people about Jesus. And so I want you to use this gift for more than this life. The world that we are currently living in, it's passing away. The priorities of this world are passing away. And the priorities of heaven are different than the priorities of this world. I was talking to a friend once and we were, we were talking about Kobe Bryant. Um, I'm sure most of you guys know who Kobe Bryant is. He's a Hall of Fame basketball player for the LA Lakers, won a bunch of championships, 
won a bunch of scoring titles and things like that. Um, and several years back, he passed away in a tragic helicopter ca- crash. And so my friend and I, we were, we were talking about this, um, and we were looking back at his career and how amazing it was. But we were talking about um, all, the, all the awards and titles and things that he won. Um, there's a picture of, of Michael Jordan with, like, all of his NBA titles. Um, and there's also a picture of Kobe Bryant as well. And so we're like, man all those things are just like left on earth. Like they aren't going to go with them. They aren't that important. And so then we were talking about, man, I wonder, I wonder what his influence was like in the locker room. Like the, the people that he was in contact with on, every, on a, a daily basis. Like did he have an impact on their life? Did he believe in Jesus? Did he have an internal impact? And so... So just like Kobe Bryant, just like those things aren't going to go with him, the same thing goes for us. There's things that aren't going to go with us. Our house isn't going to go with us. Our car isn't going to go with us. Our job isn't going to go with us. Our favorite pair of shoes is not going to go with us. Those things are passing away. But you know what isn't passing away? God is not passing away. God's word is not passing away. And the people in this room are not passing away. We have eternity to live for. We can love God and love people. That's important because that's what's going to be with us forever. And so we're going to move on to verse 32. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in the right way of undivided devotion to the Lord. And some of you are like, man, well, Paul is, the married people are like, man, Paul is kind of coming after us right here. But I think Paul, he's just saying that he knew what, that, that when we get married, man, our, our, our time, our interest, and our focus, it's going to be divided. As soon as you wake up, um, your wife's going to be there, and and your kids are going to be begging for your attention. All these things are amazing, and they're a gift, but Paul is just saying, hey, when you get married, it's going to be divided, and you're going to have less time. And, And so, so point, point number three is this, is the reason God has you single today. You are single for a reason. And some of you are, are thinking that you might be too flirty, you might be too extra, or you don't make enough money, or whatever the case may be. I remember there was legitimately a time where I, I, like, I started losing my hair, and like, I was getting up there. I'm like, man, I've been single for a long time. And I was like, I think my hairline is keeping me single. <laughs> and so it's not, it's not for these reasons that, that you are single. It's that God desires to use you in a unique way in this part of your life that you might give it in full devotion to Jesus. And so what do you think full devotion to Jesus looks like? I want you to ask yourself that question right now. What does full devotion to Jesus look like? If you're writing notes, write that in your notes. What does full devotion to Jesus look like for me?
And so if you're single in this room, man, this is a great time today, right now. Earlier I was talking about some of you, you know, we worry about, about um, singleness. Man, am I going to be single forever? But the thing is, man, if we just wake up today and realize, man, we can make a difference today. I have the gift today and I can use it. So this is a great time um, to learn what you really believe, to study what the Bible really says, to belong to a church, to serve in that church, to get plugged into a small group, to grow in your faith, to love your neighbor, to go on service trips, to share your faith, to trust God with your finances, to forgive, to be patient, be kind, be an example, mentor someone older or younger than you, serve someone older than you to say anytime, anywhere, any place, God, I will go. And so the church is here to help you. It's like a train full of resources. It's going to place to place from person to person. And will you jump in? Will you jump into the mission? Will you jump in to this train? Will you be fully devoted to God? And will you be fully devoted to loving him and loving his people, the people of this valley and the people of this world? And so if you're single out there, now you know why you're single. Now you know that you have this gift. And, and this gift has an expiration date. And if you woke up single today, you have that gift. Don't look to tomorrow. Don't look to 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Now we know why we're single. And it's not because all the, all the things that we think, it's not because we can't talk to girls, we can't talk to guys, it's not because this job or that job, it's because God has us single today and he has us single for a reason. So don't waste that gift. Let's go ahead and pray. Well, hey God, we just come before you, Lord, and, and I just pray that, that we wouldn't waste this gift, Lord. I thank you that, that your word tells us this is a gift, God, and I pray that we would use it. I pray that we would value it. I pray that when we walk out of these, um, these doors today that we wouldn't forget it, Lord. Um, I pray that no matter where we are in life, God, if we're married, if we're divorced, if we're widowed, um, if we're just some regular Joe that's single, Lord, um, man, I pray that this would just be planted in our heart, God, and it would make a difference and it would change the world. Help us to do that today, God. In your name we pray, amen.